Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Court with UC Elite. I'm Coach Stacy with Coach Matt today, and we're gonna be doing an episode on uh, Kobe, the mom mentality. Um, Kobe Day. Today's August twenty um, third. It's Kobe's birthday, and tomorrow's eight twenty four. So it's uh, Mamba Day tomorrow. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this episode. I know we've talked about it. How like this was something we wanted to do yeah and what a better time than today to record and and talk about kobe yeah we're all i mean we're both kobe fans and uh, i think if anyone knows us like they know that we're you know big kobe fans um like my friends and all that they know uh probably my old players not like kobe just because like even since high school um I've always, like, collected, like, Kobe, his shoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have, like, a ton of Kobe's at home, and I've always been the same size. So, <laughs> you know, and now the hella, like, Kobe's are hard to get. And they're, I like, know. You know. It's crazy. But back then, it wasn't like that. But, but yeah, we're big Kobe fans, and um, we're going to have our Kobe episode. Me and Stace talked about doing this a while back just because, like, I think Kobe's, um, he's always been a good, like, how do you want to say, like, inspiration, mm-hmm. like, standard uh, the whole mama mentality is a good at least for us it's it's like helps us get going towards like what we want to do and our goals and now that we're coaches you know yeah i think for me just you know growing up my dad was a big lakers fan and i remember i was like in between that phase of the the jordan era and then kobe and yeah. as a kid I, w- I would like ask my dad i was like can you buy me the Kobe shoes <laughs> for yeah. basketball yeah, and all yeah. that? So like, that's how it really like got started for me. But like just seeing how much my dad loved the Lakers. And then I just fell in love with, with that. And then seeing what Kobe did and, and all like that just made me respect him even more. And then I think what hit me more was like him as a dad too. And just, you know, the whole girl dad movement yeah. um, and all that. But yeah, like Matt said, today we're going to talk about just different things about Kobe that we like, some of his quotes and interviews that he's done. And yeah, just, we're going to play some yeah. uh, of his like quotes, interviews, stories from other um, NBA players and other podcasts. So we're going to just play it and then we'll talk about it. But um, yeah, like Stacey was saying, I think also like when I was younger, this has to be like 2000 one 2002 you know around there 2003 type of thing like uh, i don't know where i was but i was somewhere like on a like a family trip you know and i just remember um watching the spurs and the lakers play when you know it was like that rivalry mm-hmm. in the western conference whatever and it was still like kobe and Shaq and stuff and then duncan and like bowen you know um tony parker and all them but, yeah, I just remember, like, watching those guys compete, you know? And then always the Warriors were, like, not even good for another, like, freaking f- 10 years. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, yeah, that's why, like, obviously I'm a Warrior fan, but, like, if if it wasn't the Warriors, it'd probably be, like, I mean, I like the Lakers and the Spurs, you know, um, after. But, but yeah, I mean, Kobe's it's been crazy because, um, yeah, like, before he passed, like we started seeing him at volleyball tournaments because of uh, his his daughter who played, and he even had his own Mamba volleyball club back then. So, 
crazy that we got to see in like you know at tournaments and yeah watching volleyball games stuff like that but yeah um we'll get started uh i mean maybe say let's talk about like what is the mama mentality and you know like yeah i think um it's been really popular now like that people are like talking about like oh you got to have mamba mentality this and that and i think um the sign that we saw in our principal's office at logan it says a constant quest to be the best version of oneself and i remember when i saw it i was like that's that's pretty cool like artwork to have and just a reminder right but then i think that that whole like drive and we've seen kobe kind of embody that throughout his career and everyone who who wants to like be great i feel like that's that's kind of like their mindset right and i and i i feel like i apply that in in coaching like when i when i coach my basketball girls especially Mm And what I try to do is, especially with with my younger kids, like when they're in middle school or even younger, like trying to instill that is like key for me because I feel like that helps them succeed as they get older. And even with with volleyball, like even though like they might not really know Kobe and stuff, but then knowing that mindset can be applied in in all sports. Yeah, I mean, definitely today's generation, you know, the younger kids, they don't really know him that much. They only know him as like, probably like when he was already retired and like um you know they know he passed and stuff but they don't really i guess like they didn't really watch him play that much but no yeah the mama mentality thing i, I think i like it because um it could be applied to like anything i guess i just have to be basketball like even for um business or like mm-hmm. you're doing a different sport or a different activity like you could always work towards like getting better and I mean, obviously, we want that for our volleyball teams and our players because that's a good, like, habit and mindset to have that you're just trying to get better, like, every day, right? I mean, I think, like you said, if, if you're young and you're an athlete and you have that mindset, that mentality, then when you get older, whatever your next endeavor is, whether it's college, college sports or, like, the real life, you know, like a job or something, like, you'll already be separated from everybody else because you have that like mindset of um of being every, your best yeah yeah i have a video uh well we're using tiktok but <laughs> but uh I'm, I'm gonna play a clip of kobe actually talking about like what it means and you know the mama mentality simply means trying to be the best version of yourself that's what the mentality means it means every day you know, you're trying to become better it's a constant quest it's an infinite quest so starting at the age of two when i first started playing the game and on and on and on i always asked questions i always tried to get better every single day learn more looked for things to learn from mm-hmm. and uh you know very observant you know the mama mentality there you go yeah i think just knowing that kobe was always willing to learn mm-hmm. like and I've heard stories of not just with basketball, you know, like the business side, you know, um, some of his like production stuff that he was working yeah, on, media. the projects, yeah, yeah, the media stuff. And I think it's it's really, really cool to see how other people apply that, the mama mentality into their own lives, too. Oh, yeah. And I think, uh, like we, like he said, it's just like, 
better every day you know a little bit he's not talking about big strides but just like better every day and i think a big thing he talked about was being observant because we tell our players that that like if you go to a college game or you're watching another good player or you're or you have a good teammate right and you're maybe you're a rookie or something you should be observant on like you know those little things and like how to get better you know um whether you're, you know, if you're working with a new coach or like a skills coach or something, it's like learning, learning, you know, getting everything from them. That's a big thing, I think, because I feel like um, if, if all players did that, they would improve so much faster because you could always be observing, I guess. You mm-hmm. don't have to be playing. You could just be watching a game, you know? Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think the next thing that have always drawn us to him is just like, his like killer mindset you know like competitiveness like mm-hmm. that's one thing we try to instill in our um our players too today is just like it's a game obviously but when you're in the game to like try to flip a switch and like have that competitive mindset to go for it you know and i do think um there's a reason why kobe was so successful and won those championships and accomplished so much because like he was locked in on the goal you know and like he wasn't going to let, I guess, nobody really stop you, you know? Like, But it's a team sport, so he knew that too. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? He would do everything he could yeah. right, to try to win and and reach the goal, you know? Yeah, and I feel like when you have that type of player like or that leader on a team, if you're not on the same page as them, like I feel like you kind of look like you're kind of lame. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not buying into uh, what's going to be best for the team you know yeah yeah i think he um really pushed that on like his teammates and um the lakers and stuff you know and i mean they didn't win every year obviously but i think um they did win a, a, like multiple championships like you know and i i think we said this on a different episode where like if you don't do it multiple times you know like a success then like are you really successful you know and like he really um, winning five championships in different like I guess like decades or whatever mm-hmm. it's like or different eras. It just shows like how crazy you have to really be for like pushing yourself and pushing your teammates and stuff. Um, but we got some more videos here that we're gonna play. Um, the next one here is about Kobe talking about like emotions because <clears throat> obviously with sports there's like a lot going on right. It's competitiveness so. What I try to do is just try to be still and understand that things come and go. Emotions come and go. The important thing is to accept them all, to embrace them all. And then you can choose to do with them what you want versus being controlled by emotion. You know, a lot of times I've seen players, even myself, you know, when I was younger, being consumed by a particular fear. and to the point where you're saying, okay, nah, it's, it's not good to feel fear. I shouldn't be nervous in a situation like that. And it does nothing but grow versus stepping back and saying, yeah, I, I am nervous about the situation. Yeah, I am fearful about the situation. But what am I afraid of? And then you kind of unpack it. And then it gives you the ability to look at it from really what it is, which is nothing more than your imagination <laughs> running its course, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What I try to... Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. That, one's a, that could apply to like everything everybody <laughs> the players today our players the ones you know like 
Yeah, I think when I know, like, for myself, like, moments where I feel overwhelmed or whatever, like, trying to unpack the reason why and getting to the root of it can be such a process. But most of the time, once I'm able to identify it, that's when I feel like I'm better under control of my emotions. And then I could, like, move forward, you know? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we've experienced this with our own players where, like, if they're nervous for a big game or something, or they're having anxiety, you know, all that. And, yeah, I think, I mean, that's a good advice from Kobe just about, yeah, you should, like, unpack it and then, like, accept what you're afraid of or whatever, right? And then, okay, how are you going to move forward, you know? Yeah. It's true. Like, emotions control, could really control you or could really take over, like, I guess like what you want to do because you're you're subject to your emotions, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes I've had players that or I think just in coaching for so many years, like you're able to read like the players and stuff. And sometimes when I notice that some of my players aren't maybe having the best day, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, like, is everything OK? And then the whole I'm OK or I'm fine. But you sense that they're not not, you know it that's where i feel like athletes will just try and brush things under the rug but not face it head on so now there's like this whole like uh sometimes i notice there's a cycle where they think they're fine but because they don't unpack it they don't get to the root of the emotions or what's making them feel that way and they can't move forward or like when people like in denial yeah yeah. Of what they're really so then they can't really improve or get better or fix it because they're not even willing to accept kind of like you know what the root of the problem is or something mm-hmm. no that's a good one um what else is there what other videos uh, do we a have lot. Let's see. <laughs> um there's this one so those are interviews so i think kobe's doing a show with um jimmy kimmel mm-hmm. on the, he's on the jimmy kimmel show um, and Jimmy Kimmel's going to talk about, I think he talks about, like, um, I guess when Kobe tore his Achilles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he went on Facebook and did a little rant. Yeah. But it ended up being, like, a motivational thing. So we'll let him, I'll play this video. Right after you're injured, you went on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. You know what this is? Oh, yeah. You going to read the whole thing? No, I'm going to read some of it. This is such BS. All the training and sacrifice just flew out the window with one step that I've done millions of times. The frustration is unbearable. The anger is rage. Why the hell did this happen? Makes no damn sense. Now I'm supposed to come back from this and be the same player or better at 35? How in the world am I supposed to do that? I have no clue. Do I have the consistent will to overcome this thing? Maybe I should break out the rocking chair and reminisce on the career that was. Maybe this is how my book ends. Maybe Father Time has defeated me. Then again, maybe not. It's 3.30 a.m., my foot feels like dead weight, my head is spinning from the pain meds, and I'm wide awake. Forgive my venting, but what's the purpose of social media if I won't bring it to you real, no image? Feels good to vent, to let it out. To feel as if this is the worst thing ever. Because after all the venting, the real perspective sets in. There are far greater issues and challenges in the world than a torn Achilles. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Find the silver lining and get to work with the same belief same drive and same conviction as ever. One day, the beginning of a new career journey will commence. Today is not that day. If you see me in a fight with a bear, pray for the bear. 
I've always loved that quote. That's Mamba mentality. We don't quit. We don't cower. We don't run. We endure and conquer. Damn, that's crazy. And I think the crazy part about that injury was he got back up and shot those free throws, yeah. right? Like, oh, man, I still remember seeing those clips. And yeah. I'm just like, I hate how, how it happened against the Warriors. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I, what's crazy is um, he was playing, like, really good. I don't know if, like, I remember, because I remember, like, how he was, because we did fantasy back then, too, I think. And um, I remember, like, he, Kobe was, like, he was 35, but he was, like, his numbers playing were good, yeah. dude. He was, like, playing good. He was playing the Kobe 8s, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he was he was having a great season, and then, boom, Torres Achilles, and, you know? And um, crazy that uh, he was able to, like, find that silver lining and stay positive after he just had a major career, you know, possibly career-ending, like, injury. Mm-hmm. I think what he said is just... It's kind of like a tough love thing, you know? I mean, sometimes people don't want to hear that. Like, suck it up. You're like, you know, like, there's worse things. Like he said, there's worse things in the world. People going through worse things in the world than a torn Achilles. And kind of like, you can't really spend that much time feeling sorry for yourself, you know? Yeah. I think that's that's that tough love. I think a lot of a lot of us and players today, and it'll benefit the younger generation too, is like, you know, accepting that kind of stuff. Kind of like, it is what it is, like, what happened. And then... How do you move forward? And he's talking about finding the silver lining. Because I do think, like, most, almost all s- bad situations, there's probably some kind of, like, silver lining, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if you don't see it yet, there's po- probably is one. Yeah. Just your mindset. I think that whole interview, too, like, for for athletes that either go through injuries and stuff like that, that's a great, like, motivation to to try and like you said, see the silver lining, but then hopefully motivate you to to be better than what you used to be before the injury, you know? Yeah. I've seen so many, you know, people or heard of, and, you know, we've all had friends, you know, or we, we've been this person where, like, they just, they or we just, like, feel sorry for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know? And it all have I mean, we all have that stuff, but, like, I mean, what is that going to get you, like, you know? And... I think, uh, yeah, having that that tough mindset, mentally tough mindset, is how you go forward. Because a lot of people, let's be real, like injuries like that, you're done. Mm-hmm. Not even because they can't come back, but they're done because mentally, you know, they're not being tough about it or they're not um, handling it the, I guess, positive way, you know? Yeah. I think that fits into, like, one of my favorite Kobe quotes that he has where he says, everything negative, pressure, challenges – is all an opportunity for me to rise. And that whole interview just showed that, too. Oh, literally. Oh, I'm going to play another one. Let's see. Um, there's a good one here. Kobe's talking about, like, someone asked him how much sleep he's, the least amount of sleep he's played a game yeah. with. It. Let's see. What's the least amount of sleep you play the game on? No sleep. <laughs> you play the game, game with zero no, sleep. Zero sleep. Zero sleep. It's like, you know, uh, kids. My dolly had a certain, you know, health situation, what have you, and you staying up all night, and then uh, you got to go out and perform because fans don't know. 
teammates don't know, nor do they care, nor should they, that you've been up all night. You gotta perform, right? And so um, you just gotta, you just gotta go to work, man. It's respect. That's it's it. respect. That's that's a real professional. Yeah. Wow. See, I like. I just. I think. I just. What What really attracts me is just the whole like, no excuse, you know, mm-hmm. and um, going through it instead of just like like he could have just took the night off if he didn't sleep, you know what I mean? But like I'm saying, that mindset Kobe had is just like, you know, no excuses and like it's your job, go do your job, and you know, people don't know what you're going through, which is true. All of us, not everyone in the world knows what you're going through, but. Are you going to show up still, you know? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I got another good one here with um, Clay Thompson. So this is Clay. He is on the, I think he's on Paul George's podcast, talking about Kobe's story or his Kobe story. Uh, I can't sleep. That jet lag is crazy. So I go up to the weight room, and I'm on the dumbbell bench, whatever, and someone just taps me on the shoulder. I look up. I'm like, oh, damn. It was Kobe, hood on, shades on. And I was like, I can't believe I'm in the same gym as this man. He just, he just goes, sup, shakes my hand, just goes to the other side of the gym, starts doing his workout, whatever. And then to hear him tell that same story in 2016 on his retirement tour, like. I remember playing him in a preseason out in China and I went to go for a workout. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I went to the weight room in the hotel to lift weights. And he was in there by himself lifting, lifting weights, <laughs> you know? And so when I see stuff like that, and that's what I know, you know, he's uh really takes the game seriously yeah. I think a lot of players have like that story of like running to Kobe in the gym or something or mm-hmm. like in a weight room cause he's known for like working out like at 4 oh, or yeah. like 3 or something and having like multiple workouts right throughout the day yeah so I, I think we all heard those we've all heard those stories of like Kobe's like workouts and his work ethic and and all that and um i think it's crazy he just like put in like all the work you probably could in your career like you know to work on his his skills and kind of that's what we want for our players like if you're if you want to become a a good player you want to improve you got to put the work in and i think kobe's pretty i don't think he was the most most tallest or athletic um like player you know but he was very skilled right and Everyone has those stories, man. He's known for waking up at 4 a.m. We heard their stories where, like, after games, before games, he's in the weight room or getting extra shots up or um, putting more, you know, reps in. And I don't know, it's crazy because I think today's generation, like, a lot of, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like today it's, like, kids barely train, I guess. Mm -hmm. At least over here, like, they just put in their two hours, you know, or if they do longer, it's not because they wanted to. It's because someone made them. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, aren't there even like basketball teams that go an hour, hour and a half middle school teams that go an hour, hour and a half, um, you know, and it's crazy. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't players that don't do that, but I feel like it's rare. It's, it's less and less where there's kids that are getting extra shots up after practice or, at your kids getting more reps on the weekend when it's supposed to be like an off day, right? Mm-hmm. Like rest. Yeah, I mean, I think Kobe he even. I mean, we have a couple of videos on it, but he even talks about like, I think putting more reps in and putting the work in it doesn't mean you don't get to rest. 
mm-hmm. there's just a way of balancing it and planning it out and having a whole routine where like you can still rest and recover but still put in work yeah you know because what today you know it's not just the players i mean it could also be like parents you know kind of putting that stop on the player like oh you need a rest like you just practice for two hours but there's 24 hours in the day but you know what I mean? yeah but i'll play some of those because those are i think good for our li- like especially our players to listen to um, let's go on this one. Imagine you wake up at three, you train at four, you go four to six, come home, breakfast, relax. Now you're back at it again, nine to 11, right? You relax and now all of a sudden you're back at it again, two to four, and now you're back at it again, you know, seven to nine. Look how much more training I have done by simply starting at four, right? And so now you do that and as the years go on, the separation that you have with your competitors and your peers just grows larger and larger and larger and larger and larger. And by year five or six, doesn't matter what kind of work they do in the summer, they're never going to catch up. Imagine you wake up. I heard that before. This one before. Yeah, same. I mean, if I'm in high school today, would I co- exactly copy the 4 a.m., 3 a.m.? No, but like a variation of that, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a way to do it. Like, Yeah, especially I think now, like, that in high school most high schools start a little bit later mm-hmm. um and especially if they don't take that extra morning class instead of that morning class maybe you could get a workout in even if it's i don't know maybe go on a run you know or lift have a quick lift session type yeah. thing um funny thing like one of the player one of my players i used to coach she would um let me know he's like hey i'm gonna go get shots up at sports center before school i was like oh, okay cool and then she kind of stayed consistent with it with and it. you know it's it's crazy and then like after practice she was like oh i think i'm gonna go to sports center to go lift and i'm like okay cool like and i just think that you know because she put in all that work she was able to accomplish the goals that she set out for herself mm-hmm no yeah um i feel like a a crazy training you know routine like that like kobe's it would be definitely easier to do in the summer for Mm, high school kids because there's no school and you could you choose when to wake up right and go to sleep and i think definitely you could do that um but yeah if it's during school like you said find ways after before school right um basically it's just doing more than what you normally do <laughs> in a way right like if your competition goes two hours i mean going two hours is you're just banking that you're, you're better than them instead of putting more work in than them you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but in the summer man i think kids could be doing this this some variation of this routine in the summer and look if you if you if you listen to what he said there were gaps in between of three to four hours for rest for eating you know mm-hmm. and um there you go you know what i mean so it's like it's doable you know what i mean yeah what other videos do you have um let's see let's see uh, i'm gonna just play some of these ones that i have not played yet so like you know you're 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 out running on a track working out and you start talking to yourself saying man my, my knee is really sore right now maybe i'm maybe i'm doing too much maybe i need to back off you know 
man, my lungs are burning. Am I, maybe I can just slow down here. I'll do like an extra two sets tomorrow. You know, it'll be okay, right? That sort of stuff. Like that stuff's dangerous. Yes. And that's, you just gotta say, you know what? I'm not negotiating with myself. The deal was already made. The deal was made. When I set out at the beginning of the summer and said, this is the training plan I'm doing. I signed that contract with myself. I'm doing it. You know, throughout the, that process, you'll start talking to yourself like, man, I gotta, I think I need to, maybe if we, nope. <laughs> no, this is not negotiable. Not negotiable. <laughs> yeah. Man. Another good one. Yeah, just all these are good. The commitment to to train, you know. I kind of like how he brought up how you know sometimes you play those those mind games about like oh I could just do more tomorrow yeah. and all that. But when you, I feel like that kind of becomes like in a sense lazy. It's like procrastinating. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I think him just saying, like, you know, making that commitment, signing the contract with myself, and then holding yourself accountable, like, I was just blown away about that, you know? No, yeah. I, we all do that, actually. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, anything, man. You're trying to go on a diet, trying to run. You're like, I'll just skip today and, like, you know, I'll run tomorrow. Or, you know, the whole thing, like, you know how New Year's, like, I'll start going to the gym. Like, <laughs> I'll start tomorrow. And I think, yeah, I think it's big when he's talking about the whole, like, you're negotiating with yourself, you know? And, like, for players, like, if you made a goal to do this, accomplish this, get better at this, like, that's what he means. Like, if you made that commitment to yourself and goal, it's, like, stick to it and, like, push, you know? That's the pushing yourself part. That's that mindset you need, the habit you need, because it's easy to be, like, I'll just do it later, like he was saying, you know. But also, like, you're lifting, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm tired. Like, you know, should I stop now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, mean, I feel like our players do that. <laughs> Some of them, you know. Yeah. Think they, they think, like, oh, this is heavy enough. Or, like, this is good, you know. Or, I'm you know, tired. I'm sleepy today. Or, I'm not feeling good today. I think, like, when when you have your players that are able to – like push themselves and then to the point where like maybe they can't get that last rep but you could see them actually trying yeah Yeah. i think that's better than settling like oh this is good enough you know where you you did your lift but maybe you you knew you could have done more right yeah push yourself all right we got another one here it's uh always keep going Always, you know, there's, there's been times, particularly early in my career, where it just feels like this is the end. Um, but what I've come to find out is that, you know, no matter what happens, the storm eventually ends. And when the storm does end, you want to make sure that you're ready. And so I've really learned to put one foot in front of the other, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, because eventually that storm passes. That's a good one, too, because I, I think I've told a player this where, like, you know how things are going bad? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to go bad forever, you know? Yeah. It just feels like it'll never end or it's like the worst day of your life now, you know, the worst game right now. Or like, you know, some parents have a slump and it's like they act like it's the end of the world because they're playing bad that week, you know, or had a bad game. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I mean, you just got to keep going because it's not going to have a, you know, a slump forever. You know? It's a slump for a reason. 
Um, I think another one we could talk about because I think Kobe talked about this before was just like, wasn't he big on like fundamentals for training for like the youth? Yeah. Because he coaches daughters and his daughters had his own AU team, and he was big on like the basics and stuff like that. This yeah. is like a quick clip about him talking about just like the basic stuff. Kids nowadays try to do too much, mm-hmm. you know, like from a skill standpoint, yeah. they try to have them do all this fancy stuff versus like the basic right. stuff. And so I teach my kids the most basic stuff. And we just do it over and over. Uh, like, I mean, this is probably obviously more apparent for basketball, but I think it's kind of the same in volleyball where like players are focused on this, this and this, but then they, they skip some of the fundamentals like passing free balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we have that issue now, right? Like, like ball control, passing free balls, the basic fundamentals of like other other skills. They they skip all that, and then they're working on like certain other things that are like probably just more situational. Mm-hmm. But like fundamentals could get you farther, in my opinion. Yeah, I think if you don't have a strong foundation of fundamentals, it makes everything else harder. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, that's even like. When, when we talk about, um, like, weight room stuff, yeah, right, basic lifting mechanics and stuff like that, if you can't get it right, like, well, one, like, it's going to be hard to get stronger, get faster and all that. But, but yeah, it's a learning process. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if you're young and you're getting into the sports, you got to just focus on those little things, the fundamentals. I think the fundamentals, that is the details that get lost, you know? Because yeah. you're kind of just, like, getting by. Because there's a way to play, like... Like, I've seen players, they've gone this far, but then they kind of... They're really athletic or something. They're natural, they're tall, so they get to, like... They skipped on some of the fundamentals, you know? So, like, they were able to get, get by, I guess, without having good fundamentals. Mm-hmm. But it always catches up to you, in my opinion, especially, like, players that want to play in college. Oh, yeah. It'll come out later if, like, you don't have the good fundamentals or those things, you know. Um, let's play another one. I think the best way to prove your, your value is to work, is to learn, is to absorb, um, to be a sponge. But you always want to outwork your potential. You know, as hard as you believe you can work, you can work harder than that. Man, there are players that come to mind when I when I, when I mm-hmm. hear that, you know, because there are, you know, I I can think of a player right now that has like so much potential, so much potential, like could be, you know, really good at volleyball, you know, and be successful. And I'm not saying this person doesn't work hard, but I, I yeah, like he's like Kobe said, I don't right now. I feel like this person isn't working as hard or grinding as much to like her potential you know like like mm-hmm. like you said outworking your potential because if you have so much potential and, and then you work hard though those are the ones that end up being really good you know because you could have not that much like talent and all that but you work hard and you can still be good right but imagine the talented people players that work and grind they're the ones that end up being like those mvps and like going to college and whatever you know but um, I mean, there's any players that that come to your mind? I think just I'm trying to think. Sometimes like when I have basketball players that 
feel like they put enough work and they don't have to work harder, I'm kind of like, yo, like, you could work on this other skill too, right? Or, yeah, like, it just it just all depends. Um, but, yeah, that's crazy to think if that whole settling mindset and all. Mm-hmm. But, but you could tell when, when athletes have that, like, oh, I want to just keep pushing, keep pushing. Like, I've seen it where um, I have one player that wants to get better and, and do this and that. And then it's a trickle effect where, okay, then the next time, like, oh, they see, like, other their teammates see their um, progress yeah, and how much they're improving. And then they're like, oh, I, wa- I want to do that too. And then, and it, it catches on and, and all that. So um, I feel like those are, are good moments as well. Yeah, having players that, that have that mindset, putting the work in, out, out working, it's like, it's a chain effect, like you said. You get rub off on people because if you're playing on a team and you, and you see a player like that, and obviously let's say they're successful, right? Let's say they're one of your best players on, on the team, and you see that, it's like dang, like it, it should make you want to like copy in a way, like mm-hmm. you know they're leading by example and you kind of follow, you know, like they're putting the extra work. I should put in the extra work, like yeah, especially if you're like an underclassman watching a. A veteran, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I think that also brings out healthy competition. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I had a couple of girls during the summer that wanted to get, like, extra reps yeah. and all that doing doing plyo. And then you kind of just see how much they improved with it. And then when I would watch them during camp, like, they would just go at it. You know, maybe one, one time someone gets the kill and then – another like rally the other person gets the block off Mm -hmm. of it and all that and then like it 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 was kind of cool to to watch that competitiveness and that drive to to bring out the best in in each other oh yeah i think that's how you get like big jumps of improvement is like that you know like putting in the the extra training and then applying it into like your scrimmage or like your summer games or something like that you know um, here's another one. Let's see. Yeah, I see too many kids get so discouraged because they're expecting to make this quantum leap. And when that quantum leap doesn't come, it feels like it'll never come. Right? But that's not how it works. You, it, it's step by step. One foot in front of the other, day by day. Get better every single day. And then when you look back, then you look down and you realize the mountain that you just scaled. Right? But you can't jump from the bottom of Everest and get to the top of Everest like that. It doesn't happen. Superman is only in comics. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. I think the biggest thing is the consistency too, right? Like if um, sometimes, you know, kids will think like, well, I did it. I did this workout today, but okay, what are you doing the rest of? Yeah, it doesn't count for a month. Yeah. yeah, Like, and then how do you, how do you track like what your progress is? I think, I think that's like the funniest, but you know, like one of the, I think, um, the cool things that we, we're doing at Logan is how we push our girls to that mile time, like getting them down to like 8.30 is our goal. But we had girls that were finishing the mile maybe close to like 10 minutes, yeah, well, 9.30. Like minimum, right? yeah. And then now everyone is like progressing and really pushing themselves to to, to finish faster and, and this and that. But 
it's all improvements through what maybe this last two three weeks of being consistent on the track i mean a lot of them haven't uh, i feel like they haven't been in a situation where they're forced to you know Mm -hmm. push themselves and run i guess in a way i mean it's just a mile running in a circle but having that goal you know that extra like little push i guess you know Mm -hmm. and, and requirement but I mean, we've seen improvement. There you go. But it's all about consistency, like like he talks about. I've also heard other people talk about this, where, like, I think anything you do, not just sports, like, if you're not going to be consistent at it, it's like you're probably not going to be, like, successful. There's no, like, really one-hit wonders and one-hit, you know, like, um, I don't, yeah, there's no, like, people that just, like, you, you know, flip a switch and then now you're, like, the best player. Or, like, it's, like, always a process of, like, getting better and, little wins that add up to like a huge win you know or reaching your goal mm-hmm. uh let's see there's one here kobe let's see playing on the lakers uh, you shouldn't need recruiting to come here right it takes a special person to want to play for this franchise and take the pressure that comes along with playing for this franchise the pressure of following magic's footsteps and uh, myself and like the dynasty that we've had it takes a special person to do that and if i if i need to convince you to come here to, to carry that legacy forward, you ain't the one to be here. And then when you're here, the most important thing is winning championships. I don't care about anything else. It's winning championships. I don't, we don't have to like each other, um, but you will show up to practice every day, play hard. You will focus and commit to winning. And, you know, if, if that's the case, then we'll be just fine. Yeah. And With all not, the hoopla stuff, if not, you, know, you can go someplace else. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine too. I mean, it's, it's a certain personality that comes along with it. I mean, it's a, it's a brand thing. You know, Lakers stand for excellence and stand for winning. We don't hang division banners. You know what I'm saying? We don't do that. You know, you don't retire everyone's jersey. You retire Hall of Fame jerseys. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, if the person that the people that are here need to be able to live to that standard and hold themselves to that standard, which in turn then gives you the ability to hold everybody else to that same standard. Man, that's what we're trying to do at Logan, right? Yeah. I mean, we're not like, obviously, um, there's a lot of like big successful programs, you know, but I guess in our like local area, um, historically, at least like in our league, for example, like, you know, Logan, we're the best, right? Mm Mm-hmm. If we're talking like longevity and like multiple years of like league championships and stuff like that, and we won a couple of NCS championships, you know, we won one ourselves, and then previous coaches, you know. But I, I think like I like what he was saying. Obviously, it's the, the Lakers are the Lakers, but like if we kind of relate it to ourselves, it's I I think that's also remember the last couple of years, states. I feel like we've had that issue because. Our championship, our championship teams from twenty seventeen to like, I don't know, twenty sixteen to like twenty nineteen, right? That our players back then, and then when they graduated, and then like maintaining that championship culture, and then I, we've already seen where we get new players, and they have a tough time falling into that, like the the um, the program we have mm-hmm. of going for championships because. They either didn't come from a school that, you know, was going for championships or whatnot. And I do think to be in those, like, a championship program, 
like Kobe saying, you need like that mindset, you know, like yeah. the, it's like a requirement. It's not a negotiation. If you're going to work hard, if you're going to show up to practice and like, you know, cause we've, we have that issue. Right. Yeah. I think like just the name of, you know, our school and our program, it comes with a lot of history already mm-hmm. and, um, accomplishments, huge milestones and, you know, I feel like if our athletes aren't ready to be able to represent that or have that pride in in that Logan name, too, it's like, so what? why are you here? You know, like, if you're not one to, like, really push yourself to get better, push your teammates and, and build the culture at Logan, you know, we, we would obviously cut them, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, we, would, we could, yeah, yeah we, could, we could see it, but you know, what we try to tell to our athletes now is like put in this work and, you know, keep grinding and, you know, chase after those, those accomplishments, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, we told the, our team this, but locally, obviously, I mean, I would say, I mean, like I said, when we were going, when we were contenders for NCS and all that every year, like became a, a, a norm and a standard and, people know about us right but you know i think in the preseason already at the jamboree i told the team like it, it kind of means something wearing our you know logan like because obviously the history like you said but also it's up to them to like continue it carry it and still and to still make it mean something mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah like over time it's not gonna mean anything anymore unless the the next generation of players that come into our program carry like the mantle like you know carry the torch and like continue the um the culture and like i guess the strive to like win you know Mm -hmm. because i'm not saying you have to win every game not saying every season's a winning season every season is a championship but it's just like what we're trying to build is that every season we're going for it though Mm -hmm. there is no like let's not try this year let's give up this year it's like even if we don't win a championship, it's like we're going for it. We're always contenders. Yeah. yeah. You know, that just reminds me of um, Harper and how he's instilled that in us with with our JV teams and all that. And it was, it was cr- a crazy thing to be a part of. And I didn't realize it until later on in my coaching career where what he really meant about being able to just – push yourself and you know everything for the team and and all that and when I look back at like some of our highlights like you know I had a team that went 26 and 0 and like I I didn't even know you know teams could actually like do that and Mm -hmm. you know we don't have playoffs for JV or anything but I think just remembering what the goal was for for the team you know we went through our preseason undefeated and everyone was just like whoa like can we actually go all the way and have a whole season and I think that constant like push from each other and the motivation to compete like that really like set us apart and um, that's always something that like I'll be proud of in in coaching but even sharing that with um, our athletes now I'm like you know in order for us to get to that level you know, it is a commitment. It is a sacrifice. And if you're not willing to do those things, if you're if you're one to have like a like 
a soft mindset too. Excuses. Yeah, excuses. Like we're not gonna accomplish what we want, you know. Um, I think that was like a a huge like rebuild also for volleyball last year. Like when we came back to the program, and I think a lot of our athletes struggled with understanding what what is that culture that we we've had in the past and how are we gonna live up to it or and push but I think this year a lot of the the returners have a better mindset and the focus is uh, way better than yeah. than what we've had but yeah like I just hope you know we continue to push and you know crazy that on a mama day we probably will play one of our toughest competitors like this season with Foothill right yeah Damn, yeah, I didn't realize schedule that game on Mama Day, but dang, hopefully it's in our favor. Sure. Right. Hopefully we win. Um, no, yeah, I think everything you're saying, like, you know, um, you know, like the last coach, you know, like Al Rodriguez at Logan, I mean, he passed away uh, 09 or 010, um, but he was, like, our, our old gym is named after him, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, he was in the Hall of Fame, and I think I forgot what it says on there, but I, I want to say he definitely has like ten or ten to like twelve, thirteen NFL championships, and then three, I think three NCS titles that he accomplished. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that years ago, and I was like, "Damn, that like seems like hard to beat," you know? Like, um, and this is before he won NCS, this is before he went to state. It's like, damn, it's like kind of hard to beat, but. Fast forward, like, we have one NCS championship. We have one NorCal championship. But obviously, back then, I think they even have... Did they have state? Or maybe they didn't make state. I don't know. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think it said he ever had any... He Like, like he only... The, the highest was NCS, NCS, I think. NCS. Well, at least in their era. Mm-hmm. Um, and now what we have... How many? Eight? Seven? Val In our era? I forget. Something like that, right? Yeah. But, like, I'm saying we're getting close. Yeah. And now it's, like, beating, I mean, at least surpassing or matching that the last great coach. It seems doable now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, as time has passed, obviously. But all I know is, like, we're in that rebuild that like we've been talking about. But we can get back on track as long as, like, because players come and go. But, like, the culture, I think that could last. That could continue. But it's all up on the next generation, the next players to carry that, you know? Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about buying in, you know? And I think the same thing, like, Kobe talks about that when they get new Laker players before. You have to buy into, like, what the Lakers mean, the culture, winning. And if you can't do that, you can't play there, right? And it's, yeah. like, kind of... It's kind of similar to us, but more like if, if you if you can't buy in, you're either not going to last you're not, or you're not going to be successful. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I, I'd say, like, with with our program, too, like... Sometimes, you know, when we try to get our JV players ready for the next level, like if they're not willing to to understand what that culture is or they have mm-hmm. a hard time transitioning, like it, it just makes it harder for them, you know. But I think once they buy in, like you said, like, you know, it should be easier and all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. I got a couple a couple more then we'll finish off with just a couple like stories from nba players that's the mountain that mountain is made up of a million little steps and little goals along the way you establish your mountain and then after that you don't look to the summit forget about it you can't even see it 
just focus on the next step in front of you, right? You put one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, and you just keep your head down, you keep working, you keep working, you keep working, and the next thing you know, you find yourself at the top of the mountain. That's the mountain. That that little step-by-step -step process that he's talking about like all teams you got to go through that like set a big goal my high school english teacher mr fisk i actually paid attention one time in class and and he said he had this beautiful quote and, he, and it read rest at the end not in the middle and i took that to heart i believe there's time for resting at the end but for me that time is not now my high school live by that <laughs> that just reminds me of like our state team you know I think we were just go 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 and then all the way up until state like we literally had the that was like the longest season right yeah. and then our girls never gave up in the yeah, throughout we played you know? 45 games yeah didn't even know that was legal <laughs> yeah because back in the day the old teams they played like what 55 I don't know the record was like 55 something i was like how's that even possible and today i don't think you'd even do that you know but also they could have counted the games differently but yeah like that year states 2017 we played 45 games pretty sure we won every tournament we played in if not me the championship mm -hmm. and because um, we barely lost we only lost five games and that included the state finals you know um but yeah that team never took a break yeah. in the middle like it's so easy though too to like because you know like all teams i'm sure every sport like when you get halfway in the season it's that hump you know and it's like can you get through it right because you that's when you start feeling tired and and all that but yeah i really like like you said that team had a solid group of girls that was just hungry for it and kept on going they did they, did they get tired yeah Right? Were they exhausted? Did they have homework too? Did they balance that? Yeah, but they never stopped. They just kept on going, and that's why they're special, mm -hmm. like a special team. That's why, like, they'll get into um, our school's hall of fame. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't rest. You know, they didn't give up. You know what I mean? Uh, but just to wrap, I'm just gonna play a couple of good like Kobe stories from NBA guys. Go from there. I got a, a crazy Kobe story. When we was playing Portland in the playoffs, I had got shot up to play because, you know, both my shoulders was f***ed up. So I wasn't playing for like a week or two before the playoffs started just to, to let the medicine, you know, start to work. But I'm like, I'm nervous going into the series because I ain't played basketball in two weeks and now we about to start the playoffs. We played a couple games. So I sent them some of the edits from the Portland game. He hit me back like, hold on, I'm in the movies with my daughter. I'm going to watch these clips. And I'm gonna get back to you. I'm thinking like, oh, no way this is gonna get back to me. Sure enough, bro, like three hours later, he gets back to me and like literally a paragraph detailed out on what I need to do. When they come for the double, do this. Follow the big man. Do you still got I still gotta save. Make Absolutely. A shirt of that. So I go into the game. And that was all that was on my mind, the shit that he was telling me to do. Bro, sure enough, the game was just easy. Wow. I was seeing the defense. I'm getting to my spots. I'm reading where the big is coming. Like, everything that I was telling him I was having trouble with, the game was just like this now. You had the relationship, you know, early on. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I was. that's where I was going towards with the right, relationship right. with Cole through text, through talk, on the phone. Like, he was starting to take me in. I say that to say, you know, it sucked to, to have that short yeah. and, you know, not not be able to to you know have him yeah. 
as a resource again. But shout out to the Beam, man. man that's uh, from Podcast P, Paul George's podcast. That's a crazy COVID story. But he was helping people out. Like, I mean, we could talk about more like the later half of his career life. You know, like uh, after when he retired, he was helping out a bunch of people, mm-hmm. a bunch of NBA players. He was running NBA uh, camps or clinics training the next generation working with a bunch of young stars and you know and then coaching his daughter's AU team like yeah it's crazy but he was invested in like helping the next generation you know what I mean yeah um there's another one we were playing against the Lakers I was like you know I'm gonna get there at 3 o'clock who do I see I see Kobe Bryant already working out so I worked out for a good hour hour and a half and when I came off after I was done I sat down and of course I still heard the ball bouncing this guy's, this guy's still working out. It looks like he was in a dead sweat when I got here. And he's still going. He's doing, like, game moves. I'm like, I want to see how long this goes. So I sit out there and watch. In that game, he drops 40 on us. And after the game is over, I'm like, I have to ask this guy. Like, I, I have to understand. Why, why were you in the gym for so long? He's like, because I saw you come in. And I wanted you to know that it doesn't matter how hard you work, that I'm willing to work harder than you. And it was the first time I started to see this level of competitiveness where I said, I need to start doing more. Dang. That's a popular. Uh, yeah, I remember when that, when I first heard about that, I was like, no way, that's so crazy. And But at the same time, it's like, it's Kobe. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, his competitiveness, we all know, is on another level, you know. But just shows how hard he was willing to work to make sure that his competitors knew that he was yeah. willing to yeah, work harder than them. than them. Gonna do more than them, you know. Uh, there's another one. For the men's gym at UCLA, and it's late. It might have been like a Friday night at Westwood, uh, at UCLA, the men's gym, and Kobe's in there with his trainer, maybe like midnight, and I'm and I'm I'm re I'm redoing my shots, so I'm changing my mechanics, and so I'm just going in there to shoot some free throws, and I'm just going in there to do like just some set shots by myself. And I go in there and Kobe's in there and he's mm. lathered up mm. and he's got his guy. And uh, next thing you know, he wants to play one-on-one. So I'm down at the other end and uh, he's like, you want to play one-on-one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I didn't because I'm like, like, I'm changing my shot. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not there yet, but I'm like, I got it. Like I can't, I can't say no. And I'm like, all right, why not? You know? And, and this, you know, he's only 19 or whatever, so I'll, I'll have my way. And I could not believe the intensity and how hard he played. He competed on every possession uh, in that one-on-one moment. Nobody was there, just the three, you know, the two of us and his trainer. And I'm telling you, it was like a game seven in like late July. Like it was, I don't think I played that intense in the summer for the men's gym. Mm. Dang. Well, he was 19. <laughs> so that was Grant Hill, if you don't know, uh, mm-hmm. NBA, NBA player, and played on Team USA, played at Duke. But yeah, that's crazy. Like uh, just the competitiveness. Um, the next one I got is that one from the the Redeem Team. Oh yeah, <clears throat> documentary. Yeah, it's that Kobe story. Kobe said he gonna set the tone to start the game, and he said I'm running through Powell's fucking chest. First play of the game, I'm running through Pokesaw. We was like, what? Man, you tripping. 
Like, that's your teammate. You tripping. You ain't about to do that. He said, first play of the game. I know what they're going to run. And he knew Powell's going to be the last screen. And he said, I'm running through that motherfucker. I swear the first play of the game. We was like, holy shit. Oh. <laughs> I remember that. That's crazy. I mean, that was from the Redeem Team documentary. I was LeBron and D-Wade talking about just like, because they were playing his uh, Spain, right, for the gold medal match. I think that one was actually the... Oh, was it a call? The preliminary okay. first, yeah. But to... I think the crazy part, too, about that that team was um, the previous team, I think they lost in the... They lost... The last in, Olympics? Yeah. Like, yeah. they finished, like, with a bronze medal, uh-huh. which everyone was just, like, disappointed yeah. or, you know, because... It's Team USA Basketball. And I remember when uh, we were watching that uh, documentary, like, um, I didn't know that Kobe wasn't going to be on the team until, like, later on. I think it was – he joined later compared to, like, the other the mm-hmm. other guys. But he really brought this other, like, element to the team. And I think that's where he, he drove the team to be better. Um, I think one of the interviews I remember watching was how some of the guys were coming back from the clubs, right? Oh, like, yeah. was 4 it 3, 4 a.m.? And they already see Kobe, like, in the weight room. In the weight room, or I think, or he might have finished his workout already, and he's uh, he's eating, and he's about to go and, like, ice and recover. And then it was crazy because once they realized that he was that committed, I think that's when everyone else, yeah, yeah, I was like, wow. No, that's that effect, you know, like lead by example. I think, yeah, th- I remember that scene. It was like Chris Paul, Carmelo, all them. Mm-hmm. They started like showing up to the weight room with Kobe at like <laughs> 4 a.m., 5 a.m. now because he started that trend while they were in China, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, see? It's just like look at the chain effect that he ended up bringing to that USA team. Like they probably wouldn't have won the gold medal if. He yeah. can play on that team and make that that um, motivated, you know, make him motivated going for the gold, you know. Like, he wasn't there to mess around, you know. Uh, let's see. Why the number 24? Oh, 24 was the first number I wore in high school. My freshman year, I was number 24. And then philosophically for me, it carried a significance because it was about approaching every day as if it was my last. And I had to have that mentality because it shifts. Shaq's going... I have to drive this team every day. You know, there's no days. Come and practice, we're going, right? So every time I look at that number, it's like today is the most important day. Today is the day, right? It's one day, that's it, right? And that helped me stay locked in. Why did I? I just didn't know that's why he wore 24. Same. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, that's crazy. But, um... Yeah, you know, uh, Kobe's been big, like, I think, for our inspiration and, like, how we want to approach things. And we try our best to instill that in our players, you know. But I just wish the players, like, I guess, like, got to see him play and, you know. Mm -hmm. Because I remember, like, 2012 or 2013, I purposely was, like, because it was towards the the later of his career. Mm -hmm. I remember I 
I was like, yo, I have to see him play live. So, like, I think me and Taryn went to um, a sac- like Sacramento game because Kobe was playing um, sack. And then I think Dwight Howard was on that team, Steve Nash. And I think Kobe, he surpassed some kind of record that game. It was, like, a, maybe just a little milestone. But I remember just, like, even back then, like, because of growing up watching him, it's, like, he was, like, that idol. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I have this story, like, uh, you know, because to wrap up this episode, I just have this story, like, when we were in Vegas with, um, I want to say my 16s, which is, like, when Alex, Angelina, and all them were yeah. younger, Nelly. The team that won our first bid. Yeah, we were in Vegas. Kobe was there. His daughter was there playing for Mamba Academy Volleyball Club, right, uh, 16s. And... Um, so we see him because, like, their court's not that far. Everyone's talking about Kobe, right? So, like, every time we're off, we're going to his court. And Kobe would always, he'd be on the end line. But if you're facing, if you're about to serve, he's, like, on the right. He sits on the, like, you know, the right. Watching his team. And I was, like, literally watching him. Like, he'd, same thing, get upset with calls. Like, a regular parent. Cheer for the kids, you know? And their team was, like, not even anything crazy. It was just, like, they were good. But, like, you know, it was, like, a local team probably like the level compared to like so you know how socal is um i remember um yeah everyone's trying to take pictures of him you know what i mean but seeing him in person was like crazy because like i never actually been that close to him you know he even walked past he walked past me and the girls one time his wife was there Gigi was there all of them and then i remember we were off i think i was with andrew <laughs> yeah i think i was with coach angie so we were off right and i'm like I'm telling Angie, like, yo, let's go find Kobe because, like, when's the next time we're going to see him? You never know. Like, you know, it's, I don't want to wait another year till like, next year's Vegas to see him. And then uh, we're walking around and, like, okay, we see Kobe. So he's walking this way towards me and Andrew. And then we're just, like, I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, you know, let's play cool. I like, just stay here. Don't move. Because he has security the whole time. And then um, when he walks by me and Andrew, I think Andrew says hi. And then we both say hi. And then I kind of said, like, oh, like, oh, I like, I like your book. Because he wrote a book. He said a book, a couple books come out, right, during mm-hmm. that time. And he kind of just gave, like, that, like, nod, like, smile and nod thing. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but I remember that was, that's just, like, my memory. And then freaking, you know, he passed away, like, not that long after, you know. Yeah. I think so, that was, that's crazy. Yeah. It sucks because it's crazy because, like, there's not that many people, I feel like, in sports that are, that are like, an MJ. Where, like, they're iconic to, like, multiple generations and you know the world like he was big in like outside of us you know like mm-hmm. china and stuff and crazy how he passed it was so sad and <clears throat> obviously like i remember him making his own club his own everything for his kids and to to have i'm sure uh, he obviously promoted like the, the mamba stuff you know with his club it's crazy because like he was getting into the sport and like we would have saw him more if he didn't pass away we would have saw him more yeah, and I think uh, tournaments and everything. I was more excited to see what Gigi was gonna do, you know, on the basketball end, and yeah. you know, I think she, she was a huge UConn fan, and I just, you know, I know after um, she passed and all that, they did that whole um, like honor honorary like UConn oh yeah players, her and uh, her two other teammates and. I was like, man, I think that's when it really hit that I was like, he's really not physically here, you know? Yeah. 
he left a crazy impact though like, especially in the nba mm-hmm. the number one worn like shoe i think among nba players are like kobe's yeah i think so that's even so like you know it just to shoe it alone you know and then um i think uh if there's if you're a young player you don't really know about kobe and all that but you want some motivation like you want a good mindset to go into sports especially if you want to be a professional you want to play in college because i think if you want to get to college and and be successful if you're in basketball you want to make it to the pros you kind of need like that mindset that mentality here the normal mentality because I, I feel like it's tough to make it if you don't have that obsession of like getting better and like the competitive detail yeah. if you're not competitive you know motivated and if you know there's so many stories like kobe you know like 2009 that championship kobe won that championship with a broken um index finger if you look at photos it's taped because he he fractured he has a broken finger in his shooting hand and he still watched the championship other players would have what sat out gave up been done not him there's a bunch of stuff where like he dislocates this dislocates that they pop it and he walks back on oh, to yeah. the game yeah uh there's plays of like i think one of the plays that like, he did this crazy dunk but he was already older and he like, tore his rota- rotator cuff like he didn't even know that he like, tore it like he just like you know so like so many stories but but yeah i mean this would be a little episode for mama day uh you know we'll, we'll probably talk about kobe again obviously because he's a big part of like that what of what inspires us right and, yeah definitely and how we coach and stuff so we appreciate it hope you guys enjoyed like the little like videos and interviews from hearing from kobe there's a lot more on tiktok youtube <laughs> instagram yeah so definitely listen up i think like i say he's a good role model to have and um someone to inspire you to work hard and keep going so so yeah all right mamba day yeah definitely thank you for listening we'll see you guys in the next episode